And what a joy it is to be uh, back here with you and just to uh, just experience this great worship together this morning. I do have to, um, to warn you, I think, before we start the message that I haven't preached for a couple weeks now. Uh, and sometimes when, when pastors don't preach for a while, they tend to go on for a while. Uh, and so you, it, it stores up, I think, and you just kind of uh, let it all out. So you may have two or three weeks of, of sermons come out here. Um, but um, I, I know that if I actually did that this morning, that all of you would be in the foyer eating the cakes and stuff while I, was, uh, while I kept preaching. So we'll kind of try to keep it uh, short and simple. But we are back in our series on 1 John. We're um, going to be working our way through these letters of John, through 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. Uh, but we're starting in 1 John, and we're up to chapter 4. If you've been following along in our, our series so far, um, if not, you've got a little catching up to do. Uh, if you just kind of go ahead and read through... Uh, these first four chapters of 1 John, uh, that'd be great. And uh, we're going to continue on. Uh, we're only doing the first few verses of um, 1 John chapter 4 this week. Then we're continuing on the rest of chapter 4 and into chapter 5 uh, next week and then concluding uh, with a message toward the end of uh, chapter 5 uh, the following Sunday. Uh, so it is great to be back in the series. If you remember uh, much about uh, 1 John from the previous weeks, uh, prior to me being away for a little bit. Uh, these are some personal letters that were written by uh, John, the Apostle of Jesus, to some of the Christians in the early church. And uh, one of the main aims of the, this letter is to present uh, Jesus as, as Lord, as God in flesh, and to counter some of the teachings of uh, Gnosticism, uh, which was prevalent uh, among the teachings of uh, the early church and the work of the early church. And there's a huge focus on this letter uh, on both the person and the divinity of Jesus, recognizing, yes, he was a historical man who walked and talked amongst us. He was an amazing teacher and, and leader, uh, but he was, in fact, God in flesh and came to lead uh, his people in, in love and grace and to bring salvation uh, to all who will trust in him. Uh, that Jesus is God in flesh, the promised Messiah uh, from the Old Testament times who the people, uh, the Jewish people had been longing for, looking for. Uh, John presents in uh, this letter, especially in 1 John, that, uh, and, and in the Gospel of John, that Jesus, in fact, is God in flesh and is the Christ, the promised Messiah, uh, the, uh, the Deliverer. And so we find ourselves um, this morning looking in 1 John chapter 4, just verses 1 to 6, uh, and a focus on uh, testing uh, what is taught uh, and, and what is, is preached and uh, the, the spirits around, and, and trying our best as a church to follow in what is true. And so let me um, begin by reading for you in 1 John chapter 4, uh, just verses 1 to 6. You can follow along uh, on the screen here if you want, or if you have your copy of the Scripture, feel free to follow along. 1 John chapter 4, beginning verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that, that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God, and you have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. 
This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Let's just pray. Dear God, I thank you and I praise you for the precious gift of your word and for opportunities to look through it and to read through it and study it together as your church. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit just give us guidance and strength. Open your word to us, Lord, and open our hearts to your word. Challenge us, God, to be more like you and to know your truth and to follow in your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, an interesting note in this early time and uh, kind of the early church just starting out after uh, Jesus' ascension into heaven is that there, were, there weren't any established kind of churches like we think of it. Now, um, having just come back from America and uh, the Bible Belt in America, which is kind of this southern uh, little bit in America, you come to realize how much the Western society sees the church. And we, we kind of see that in America, it seems like in the South, especially there's a church on every corner. And if you, if you pass by a church in a couple more miles, you'll be at another church, and in another church, and another church. Uh, in fact, the, uh, the part of the country where my parents uh, are living and, and continue to, uh, to serve in a church, there's literally just that church every few miles. And it happened because the church kept expanding and people didn't have any transportation. So there was a church kind of in every little community so that people could walk to the church or travel by horse or whatever they could to the church. But as the communities and technology kind of grew up and we all have cars and things like that, the church has stayed the same. And it's interesting to see because there may be a church of 25 people here and a mile down the road there might be another church of 25 people another church down the road of, of 40 people, and they've never thought, oh, we'll join together as kind of one church. They've all kind of stayed uh, their own, and they're very proud of their own kind of church traditions. Uh, but there was a church and, uh, and a church leader in kind of every corner of, of society there. As I grew up in, uh, in the, the South kind of tradition, the Bible Belt tradition of, of America. And even we uh, in, in Australia, we, we, we see a lot of church buildings around, and we, we recognize that there's a pastor in there or an elder or whatever that kind of leads the church. But that wasn't so necessarily in this time in which John is writing to this early church and some of these early Christians. These Christians were kind of on their own. And they were worshiping in different houses together. They were suffering a lot of different persecution. They were under attack by a lot of the government and the society. And they didn't have a lot of people who were leading them. There weren't a lot of pastors and elders. And so they longed for letters like this that came from John, who was an apostle of Jesus. John walked with Jesus. He, was, he even called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. And the, these early believers, these early Christians, they longed for a letter like this from John that was going to kind of teach them how they should live or how to follow God from someone who knew Jesus personally. And while they waited on, on elders who often uh, sent out messages to these early Christians... What happened was there were other people who claimed to be from the church, who claimed to be followers of Jesus, who also started sending out messages to the church, letters to the church, saying this is how you should live or this is what you should believe. And some of them started saying, you know, Jesus isn't really the Christ. Jesus isn't really God in flesh. You don't really have to follow Jesus. There were other teachings that started to come to these early believers and they weren't sure what to believe. And so when John writes to them, he said, look, in verses 1 to 3, he starts telling him, don't believe just everything that comes across, every letter that comes across your desk. Don't follow every teaching that comes out, 
but test these teachings and test these spirits to see whether or not they are from God. Now, this sounds like it may only be relevant to that early church, but oh, it's so relevant for us as a church today because we have so many different teachings out there, don't we? There's so much knowledge out there and we have access to it really with the, the click of a mouse or uh, flipping on the, the, the television or whatever it is now. We have so much knowledge out there that sometimes it's hard to know what to follow or what to, what to believe. Now, I know I've said plenty of times I'm, I'm a pretty simple person, but I just kind of take things on face value. So if I read an article and I see a picture with the article, I just go, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that must be true, right? It's written here, and it's written in a newspaper or whatever, so it must be true. But I've learned, as simple as I am, I've learned that in today's world, people can change the truth. Now, granted, truth never really changes, does it? But people can change what appears to be the truth. Now, I've learned, although I have no clue how to do any of this stuff, People can edit photos so that it looks like something completely different. Now, some of you know how to do this, and that's wonderful. I wouldn't have a clue. I just look like me in a picture, and that's as sad as it gets. But it doesn't get any better. A picture of me is a picture of me. I can't make it look any better. Um, I'm sorry about that. Some of you, some of you have pictures of me out there, and you think, who's that? Yeah, uh, you've, you made yourself look completely different uh, to, to kind of the, the outside world. Likewise, some people present uh, news stories and different things out there with photos that are, that are old photos on a new news story to try to make it look like something is happening to try to present a story. And likewise, in religious teachings, there are so many different things coming at us as a church, so many different things that says, this is how you should believe, this is how you should live, that Christians' heads just spin. And we just go, I don't know what to follow. I don't know what to believe. Kurong, which is a, it's a great bookstore, but many of you know that it originally started in just kind of a man's basement in, in Sydney, and they had very limited, uh, very conservative uh, books as they first started this small little bookstore in the basement of, of this guy's home. Now, through the years, this bookstore has grown and grown and has branches all across uh, the country, which is wonderful, but likewise, there uh, the books and the material that they have has continued to grow and expand, and many of those teachings are not nearly the same as they, they once were. And so even in Christian bookstores, whether it be Word or uh, Cornerstone or Kurong, whatever that is, uh, in this country, you can find teachings which are very scriptural, and you can find teachings that aren't scriptural at all, but are people's opinions or whatever that might be. And it can be so difficult as Christians, you just go, where do, I, where do I go to find the truth? I'll go to a Christian bookstore and buy something. But even that may not be honoring to God or may not be scriptural teaching. And so, it's very relevant to us today to look at this passage as well and say, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because there are many false prophets that have gone out into the world. There are many other teachings out there that are not honoring to God, and so... This is how to recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This spirit is the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming and is already in the world. 
every spirit that is from Christ, we can trust and we can follow because they are acknowledging the one true Savior, Jesus Christ. And those who are teaching you not to follow Christ, that there is some other way to salvation, or that there is some other way uh, to put your hope in, to find security in, to find eternal life in, those teachings are rubbish and should be avoided. They are what John refers to in his letter as the Antichrist. Means, as we talked about early in this series, the Antichrist is, uh, is not just one person, but he says there are many Antichrists among us and those who are teaching either against the teachings of Jesus or they're teaching that Jesus himself is not relevant in their other ways. There are many, many teachings today in 2016 and beyond that just says, you know what, universalism is a, is a big thing saying, you know what, all religions are the same and we all just uh, get to heaven when we die. There's no need for Jesus. There's no need. Uh, the Bible says in, in, in John here, in 1 John, John teaches us, we need to pay attention uh, to God's Word and be weary of teachings that, uh, in fact, to, to flat out avoid teachings that try to say that Jesus is not the only way. Jesus himself said he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father by him except through him. Uh, God has provided a way for our salvation through Jesus Christ, offering his own son's life on the cross so any who trust in him can have eternal life, and it is only through uh, trust in him that we can have that life. Any other teaching should be avoided. Any other teaching should be considered rubbish. And people who are preaching anything else or teaching anything else or living in anything else, we need to try to avoid that as a church, as a people of God, and to walk in the truth and walk in the light and trust in God uh, and His Word. Now, we also need to recognize, not only are there, there, there is a spiritual warfare which is real, the devil is, is real. Satan and, and his, his demons are, are real. And, and, and we have to recognize that we are in a, a spiritual conflict and that they're always at work and there will always be teachings against the church. There will always be leaders against the church and, and people offering alternative ways that, that to the world looks wonderful. But we can see as a church is not the truth. But we have to be careful to try to walk in the truth. But verses 4 to 6 reassures us and comforts us and strengthens us to kind of say, you know what, although Satan is, is prowling around in the world seeking whom he may devour and his, his demons are always at work trying to deceive us as a church, I want you to know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isn't that a great promise? So he starts off here by, by saying to the church, you know what, you need to know that there are, are wolves in sheep clothing around you. You need to know that some things may seem great and they may seem wonderful teachings, but they're not from God. They're not honoring from God and we need to test everything against God's Word. I would say it even with our own preaching and teaching from this church. Don't just take my word for what is said. Study God's Word yourself. Question what, what is said against God's Word. I'm happy to sit down with, with anyone and, and we study together or learn together or question things together. We can all learn and grow and make sure that our teachings and our, our programs are honoring to God's Word. We need to test things, and we need to make sure that they are. Because there are wolves in sheep's clothing around us. There are people trying to lead us away. Satan is always at work against the church. In fact, I kind of worry when he's not. Now, I, I don't want persecution. I don't want hardship. 
We've had a life of, of hardship. We've had a life of, of difficulty, it seems, and struggle. But I worry as a pastor, I worry as a father, I worry as a husband, I worry as, a, as just a Christian when there's not difficulty. Because I, I kind of question myself and I just go, am I where God wants me to be? Am I leading the way God wants me to be? Is our church where God wants us to be? Because things are just happening too easily. Things are, are going so smoothly. Now you say, want things to go smoothly? Absolutely. Shouldn't we celebrate that? Absolutely. But I've learned through the years that when you're on the right track and when you're really living for God, when, there are times of joys, yes, and there are times of blessing, but oh, there are times of persecution. And I want to say, celebrate those joys, relax when there's those times of holiday and peace, but watch out because the persecution is coming. And we need to be on guard as a church to recognize that Satan is at work all around us. And there should be persecution. There should be difficulty when we're on track with God because Satan does not want to see us reaching out in the community with God's love. Satan does not want to see us sharing God's love and hope with people in need. God, Satan does not want to see us lifting up the light of God in our darkened community. And so there, will, needs, there, there should be opposition. There needs to be opposition. There will be times of great joy, times of peace. We should celebrate that. But John wants to remind these early church these early Christians, and us today, God wants to remind us, there should be teachings out there. There should be things that are confusing us, that, that are trying to lead us away from the truth. And we need to be on guard. But then he reassures us by saying, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Satan is around, yes. His demons are at work in our lives, yes. He tries to divide the church, yes. But he's nothing compared to our God. He is nothing compared to our God. God is so much greater. And so while we need to be aware, we need never to fear. Isn't it amazing that we can know such a powerful force is against us and will be against us every step of the way and never have to worry? Now, I don't know about you, but if you look at these movies and you... Have you ever been at these... You watch these movies of maybe someone's in their castle and they're kind of bunkered down because they know the enemy's coming. And you can kind of, in the movie, you can hear the, the horses or the, the stomps of thousands of soldiers coming toward them. And they, they kind of look out and they can see this mighty army and they can know that, there, that it seems like there's no retreat, there's nowhere else to go except for to be in this conflict. It always seems in this movie... That there's someone, a king or a general, a leader, who's just fearless, isn't he? He goes, we're going to go into this, and we're all going to die. But we're going to do this for a great cause. And everyone goes, yeah! And they all jump in there and go. Well, I'm not going to say that we're all going to be in this and we're all going to die. I want to say, we can see the enemy is coming. In fact, we can see these all around, and we're surrounded. And every step may be in opposition. Every step may be a challenge, but I want to say we don't have to fear. We don't ever have to worry. It's not just a general or a leader who's saying that. We all, as the church of God, as believers in God, as Christians, we know that God is in control. We don't have to worry about whatever army we're facing. We don't have to worry about thousands upon thousands of those who are in opposition to the teachings of God's Word. We know that God is greater. We know that God is stronger. We know that God is bigger. And we know that God is in control. 
We can trust Him. And those who don't follow God are living in the darkness and, and they will always speak from that viewpoint. And people will believe them because I've never seen the light. I love this passage um, here. I think this is so relevant to, the world, to, to the, today's world. It says they are from, in verse 5, it says, They are from the world, and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are, not from, uh, we are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. It says those who do not follow God, they're living in the darkness. They've never seen the light of God's love. They've never experienced His grace and His mercy. And so all they've experienced is that darkness. And so they believe one another's teaching because they all see things from the same perspective, from the same background. If you've never seen the light, all you believe is what you know. And so we can't blame the world for being like the world. We can't blame those who don't know God for living like they don't know God. But we have to be careful as a church that we don't get drawn into teachings and, and leading things that, that are leading us away from God and drawing us away from God, but that we keep walking in the truth, we keep walking in the light. Because it would be foolish, wouldn't it, to see the light and still stumble around in the darkness. It would be foolish to, to see the way and, and to see the right path and to keep walking around like we've never seen the light. Because we've experienced God's grace, we've experienced His mercy, we've experienced His love. We know the truth of what God does in our life. And we need to be living in that truth. We need to be following in that truth and not getting caught up in the darkness of the world. It makes sense they're in darkness because they've never experienced the light. But we need to continue to walk in the truth. Now I mentioned before, in today's world... We experience every day just a communication overload, especially with the explosion of, of social media and, and the Internet. There's so much of what you see in the media or on the social media, uh, on, on the different Internet sites and, and apps and things like that. So much of what you see in, in the newspapers and you hear on television or the Internet is is only speckled with the truth at best. And yet people believe it at the drop of a hat. And I think this is very true of this passage. It says, you know what? People are living in darkness, and then when people present things from that point of view, everyone just believes it, and they follow in that. And they believe whatever is taught or whatever is presented at the drop of a hat. In a time of edited photos and, and news stories, to try to get you passionately going about a, a certain cause, whether it's true or not, we need to be cautious as a church not to just jump in and to follow into the darkness. We need to not follow just blindly. We have to be educated. We need to be strong. And we need to stay following the light, following God's Word, following His truth. Test what is taught. Test what is presented to us and see what's honoring to God and try to follow in that way. Now, we're all aware of the recent uh, U.S. presidential elections. And I'm not going to go into politics of that nation or enter any, any sort of political debate. But I will say that so much of what is presented in the media, and especially on social media, 
is slanted and very limited in the truth. And we, we have to be careful instead of jumping on the bandwagon and rioting and, and arguing and degrading others like we've seen so many do. We have to recognize that we are a people of God and to pray for our leaders, to trust that God is in control and to work to show God's peace, His strength, and His light. The world tear each other apart over such issues. Now more than ever, as a church of God, as a people of God, we need to not get caught so much uh, into the nonsense, but we need to show our trust in God, our allegiance to Him. Now, Americans are known as being a very patriotic people. And I experienced that a lot when we went back to America uh, over those last couple of weeks. And it was Remembrance Day as we went through. Uh, they call it Memorial Day. And you see streets just lined with American flags and honoring uh, people honoring the veterans. And even many of the planes that we went on, they would announce a special thanks to all those who have served faithfully in our, our military. And um, the, uh, the plane would, would burst in, in applause. And I hope that I'm always someone who will stand when uh, the, the national anthem is played, whether it be American national anthem or Australian national anthem. I think we should show our respect, our allegiance to the flag, or our, our, um, our trust in our great nations, both in Australia and America. But I have to say, my allegiance, my, my full allegiance is to God first and foremost. And just like our flag shows who we love and who we follow and who we belong to, our lives, our lives in these troubled times should show who we love and whom we trust. My fear in these times in which we live in, or my fear over these last few weeks in which we've seen so many things change politically and, and we've seen this flood of media outbursts and things. My fear is that when people look at the church of God, they do not see God. They don't see any hope. They don't see any light. They just see people stumbling around in the darkness, just like the world. We have to be different. We have to be strong. And in a time of, of chaos, we have to recognize that God is the strength. God is the stability. In a time of darkness, God is the light. And we have to be children of the light. We have to be children of love, children of God. And we must follow in the truth in the Holy Spirit's teachings, and in following and living in God's ways. We have to test what is brought to us. We have to live in the truth, follow in the light. One of the most damaging things is when we as a church respond in the same way as the world does, whether that be on social media or personal attacks, stressful situations. And we can act just like the world, and we can spew hate, and stress and anger and tension, or we could show grace and peace and love. Because we have the full assurance that no matter which way the wind blows, God is in control. We have the strength and the peace to know that no matter the opposition, God is in control. We have the hope and the assurance that no matter what, God is in control. We know the truth. We have seen and experienced the light. And we have to be challenged every day to live as children of the light, to live as people of the light, to test 
what is taught to us, to test what is presented to us against God's Word, to see what's honoring to Him, and to try to honor God with our lives. We have to lift up God in this darkened world. We have to lift up God in this darkened community and to show grace, to show love, to show God and His light rather than the darkness which is presented by this world. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are and, and your love and grace for us and that you know that we are sinners. You know that we, we fall short of, of your glory and, and, and your expectations and yet you, give your own, you gave your own son's life, Jesus Christ. You sent him to earth in, in the flesh, in the person and, of Jesus of Nazareth to walk and to talk and to teach us of your love and grace, but ultimately to pay the ultimate sacrifice in his own life for the forgiveness of our sins. So any who trust in you, any who trust in him, can have eternal life. Lord, we deserve to be separated from you for all of eternity, but that's not what you want. You want us all to have fellowship with you, to have a life with you, to peace with you for all of eternity. Thank you, Lord, for your love and grace for us. Thank you, Lord, for the light of hope that you've given to us as your church. And Lord, help us to live out that, that truth. Help us to live in the light in our darkened community. Help us, Lord, to be strong in your strength. Help us, Lord, to put our trust completely in you and to live out lives that show that we trust in you, that we know that you are in control and that we can trust you. And we can celebrate that we don't know what all the future holds, but we know, Lord, that you are in control and that we can trust you. Help us, Lord, to, to be people of your word who, who test what is presented to us against your word. Teach us your ways, Lord, that we may not sin against you. And help us to follow you in the light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.